this is Coffee Number 5. I'm your host, Lara Schmoisman. So I'm confused. Is PR part of marketing or marketing is part of PR? Who comes first, the chicken or the egg? Okay, let's talk about this. Today, I invited my good friend, Lexi Smith. She's a public relations expert who is the founder of the PR Bar Incorporated. Come on, a girl who is the owner of a bar. Of course, I got excited. (laughs) I want to be a friend of a girl who owns a bar, which means free drinks. And who doesn't, right? Uh, But then I learned something even more interesting. She is actually the PR bar. She teach you how to do PR. And now I'm working with her and I'm learning so many cool things. So I do marketing all the time and PR is a huge part of marketing. So Lexi, thank you so much for being here. And we don't have drinks today, but we are due to have some. I know when uh, COVID lets us, we absolutely have to. And I apologize. I started, I couldn't contain my laughter just, just then because that is a very common misconception with my name, but it's also very intentional. You will note, you know, but listeners, all of my services are on the bar menu. So that is yes. an intentional play on words. <laughs> yes. Our, on the cart also. Yes. And so Lexi, tell us a little bit about you and how did you get here to have a bar? (laughs) Yeah, great question. Um, I'll try to keep it, you know, a little short because there's a lot of twists and turns, but as you mentioned, currently the founder of the PR Bar Inc. But if we take it back, if rewind a little bit, I've been in PR for more than 10 years now. And originally I started in the agency world um, from Portland, Oregon, originally moved down to Los Angeles, wide eyed and bushy tailed like the rest of everyone who moves to LA with big stars in my eyes and originally worked for agencies for Shark Tank brands. And there's a lot of glitz and glam kind of influencers, all the things that when you're not from LA, you think of when you think about LA, you don't think Mm -hmm. of the traffic jams when you're, you know, an 18 year old sitting, sitting at home. Um, from there in my case, the beach voice, (laughs) there you go. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, from that agency, I eventually transitioned in house specifically into hospitality, which is where I really found my love for all things food and beverage and wine. I then went in-house for a winery for a bit. I then went to telecommunications, which was a a huge left field turn, but it was an amazing opportunity. I was the vice president for one of the fastest growing companies in America, the vice president of PR and marketing, excuse me. And that was very, very fast. Now we're at the PR barring today. So there's a lot that happened in between all of that, but the PR bar came from a, along that journey. I fell in love with food and beverage and wine. I got really, well, I like to think pretty dang good at what I do and wanted to really just be my own boss, have my own company. I found a market need. I mirrored it with my passions and here we are. So here you are teaching people how to PR themselves and companies how to do PR for themselves, which is super cool. So they are not depending on 
third parties? Because this is something that I always struggle with. How can you really guarantee to get PR for someone? Because it takes such a long journey. Right. And by the way, you can't guarantee. So anyone listening, if you are in the stages of onboarding or vetting firms and they promise you they can get you PR, huge red flag. It is an organic based industry, right? It's not advertising. It's not, you know, one of the other elements. So you can't guarantee it. Um, That's why even though... Uh, PR is part of marketing is something that I always struggle and I don't want to bring in into my agency. I always try to help with, but it's not something that I can guarantee. It's not like I can say, I do 20 posts for you or I can do a podcast. It's not tangible because it doesn't depend on you. Right, exactly. And a lot of people don't understand that. And a lot of people don't really get what goes into the world of PR, how long it can take to get placements, what is organic versus what is paid. There's a lot of intricacies within that, hence you're going through and learning all about PR now. But yeah, it's it's still, you know, there is a way to be strategic and have big wins and it can happen fast. But when you compare it directly to marketing, it is different. There's different metrics. It's a different timeline. Um, there's pros and cons to hiring an agency versus doing it yourself. But to kind of wrap up why the PR bar came to be is there was a ton of agencies out there and I didn't see anyone offering an alternative. And that's what I look to create. So as you uh, know, <laughs> I love metrics. I love to be able to give data to my clients. So what are the metrics that you use for PR? Yeah, great question. So there's a lot, but... So marketing, right? You know, there's click-through rate, there's your open rate, all that stuff. PR, you're measuring your impressions or your backlinks or your share of voice. Share of voice is how many times are you showing up in the news over your competitors? Um, You're looking at, you can still track conversions. A lot of the things, you, you can still track conversions, but you're mostly starting with looking at referral links. Where did that traffic come from? Did it come from one of your backlink articles? So foundationally, you know, if we were to take out a textbook, there are different metrics between PR and marketing, although Mm -hmm. they often intersect. Yeah. Well, as we just said, they are under the same umbrella. And, but Okay, I talk a lot with everyone who comes to the show about how you market yourself. So today, let's talk about how you PR yourself. Let's say, let's talk about me, for example, or yourself. We want, we have our companies and we want to put ourselves out there. Where do you start? Where do you start? Great question. So the very first thing that I do with people is get very, very clear with your objectives. What are you trying to accomplish with PR? And this is really important because those objectives will inform your strategy. There are six different stakeholders that an effective PR strategy can have an effect on. Real quick, I'll run through them. Public, so your brand's relationship with the public. You have community that can be physically like the city you live in or a virtual community. Then you have media. So media relations, your brand's relationship with the media. Pause. Most people think of PR, they think media. That's Mm -hmm. just one of six stakeholders. Then we have customer relations, industry relations, and investor relations. So 
you start with your objective and then you decide which of those stakeholders has an effect on me achieving that objective. It's like we talk many times on the show is part of your ecosystem. You don't have to go for all. You need to choose what works for your brand or your, your persona in this case. Yeah, exactly. And to kind of wrap that up with how that comes back to PR, let's say your goal, let's say you're a product-based business and you want to increase sales. Well, then I would say that the public can affect that, community can affect that, the media can affect that, customers can affect that. So that's where you start. We're going to start by laying out a plan to interact and target those stakeholders. So step one, right? How do we narrow down where to begin? That's how. Mm -hmm. That's the first, first step. Okay. So let's say that the person doesn't know where to start, not only with the PR, but also with their own brand. How do you recommend to do their soul search or to found their own brand? Oh, yeah. Man. Because uh, sometimes, yeah, it, sometimes, sometimes it goes deeper than that. I mean, this is marketing. Yeah. And I feel like there are so many people that come to me and say, okay, I want to promote myself. But I say, okay, who are you? Which one are your values? So, right, first, your brand identity. Yeah. So, First, to me, you need to have those core values very clear and that brand of voice. Otherwise, anything we're going to be doing, either marketing or PR, is going to be a waste. Yeah, no, I couldn't. I could not agree more. I'd say maybe like the the lateral first step is what I call getting press ready. And while you're getting press ready, what you're talking about is included within that step getting really crystal clear on who you are, your brand's identity, your story, and then creating assets that can help visualize that. There will be marketing assets, but those are used different and look different than a press asset. What, so what, what kind is of, a press asset? <laughs> okay, so for example, in um, a press asset kit, well, first off, there's a thing called a media kit. Uh-huh. There's three types of media kits. I give a whole hour webinar on that, but to summarize, there's media kits for the media, there's media kits for advertisers, and then there's media kits for collaborators. So answer one, there's media kits. Then we can talk about photos. There are specific photos that you should have to be considered quote unquote press ready. So there's different types of shot, different types of sizes, different resolutions, some with no backgrounds, for example, for podcast art. So then there's photos and then there's bios and bylines and PR. You should have a variety of bios at different lengths because for a byline, for example, and I know I'm throwing out a lot of oh my God, keywords so, right so now. So much work, so many words. I mean, probably we should put a dictionary with this podcast. Yeah, we seriously, I, I, that's why I give every client that works with me a quote unquote PR cheat sheet on their very first day, because I will start to ramble off words. And so if you ever need to know what the heck I'm talking about, reference the cheat sheet. So a byline, let's say you're a contributor in Forbes, and you have that one to two sentence blurb next to your name about the author, that's your byline. Okay. So... Oh. That's another example of a press asset, getting those in order. So much to think about. I should, I know. I should put it on my Trello. Uh, 
<laughs> okay. So, okay. So we got all those assets. Then what's next? Okay. So we have our assets and we've identified those quote unquote stakeholders that we need to interact with. So then we start mapping out our strategy. Now let's go traditional here because a lot of people when they think of PR think of media. So if we're going to talk about how we reach the media, yeah, that, the next step. That's what everyone asks me. How can I get yeah. a press list? Yeah. That obsession yeah. with the press list. So the very first step, and you really do need to know your target audience, you need to build a strategic media list. So identify outlets whose readership matches your target audience and pass that who within that outlet, which writer or editor is the right contact for your brand. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of research and quote unquote, just list building that takes place before you really start executing or setting off pitches. If you want to, you know, do best practice. So that'd be the next step. Build your list. Wow. So there is such a, a lot of work in, involved. And also it's about when you start contacting these people, not contacting them all the time or burn bridges. So right. what, when, how much can you contact people? When- yeah. So, you know, my clients, I teach two strategies, which you will learn about soon, but I call it, have you seen the movie, The Holiday? Mm-hmm. I love The Holiday. It's the cutest movie ever. I watch it every Christmas and they reference this thing called the meet cute yes. in that movie, right? So that moment when two characters meet. So I coin it the meet cute pitch. So I always suggest if and when possible that your first outreach to a journalist is a meet cute and you're not pitching them. Mm-hmm. Rather, you're establishing a relationship. You're offering them value. You're asking what they need so that you're not just... I guess, really pitching blindly along with the hundreds of other pitches. So the first, if you can, unless it's breaking news and really, really needs to go out right now, your first interaction with the journalist should be with the intent to build a relationship. And then treat that like you would any other business relationship. Don't just spam them. Reach out when you do have something of value. Um, Interact with them on Twitter. Twitter, fun fact, is the number one social media outlet preferred by journalists by far and away. By far. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to talk to a journalist, go to Twitter. That's a known fact. Yep. I think it's staggering 85% of journalists, even this year in the 2020 media report, um, still reported Twitter as number one. So there's definite facts behind that. And then it's just about, you know, only reaching out when you really do have something of substance. You don't want to be that person who is bugging them. You want to be seen as valuable and relevant. So let's say that you're doing your class, which is so far wonderful. And I want to say, like, would you recommend that your team does the first reach out to the journalist or I should do it, for example, myself? Great question. And I'm actually going to speak to one of the pros and cons of agency versus doing it yourself, because I think this is really important. So, and it will answer your question, but one of the pros of hiring an agency, right, is they have these these relationships already established. Mm -hmm. However, should that not work out, should that relationship end, those contacts go with them. 
So when you establish these relationships in-house as a company, those become owned assets. So to answer your point, it depends. Do you think if your staff's going to be there for a while, who do you want to own that contact? So probably you as a founder at first, once they get to know you as a founder and your company, then it'll be, your team can reach out a lot easier, but do you really want, you know, let's say you're a company of 30 people and you assign Susan to do all your meet cutes and then Susan leaves the next quarter, then you're kind of back at square one again. So if at all possible, someone you really, really trust or the founder should start. I see. That's very interesting. That's something that you really need to put some thought in into it. Also, because yeah. there is also the pros and cons. I mean, how the journalists will see you. I mean, they will see you like, oh, the the owner of a company really does have time to talk to me. So there's so many factors, right? It, <laughs> There's a lot of factors that go into, you know, and when we get to this point with your team, we'll look, it'll probably be a writer by writer, outlet by outlet decision. Mm -hmm. And um, if you do have someone dedicated in-house to PR specifically, then of course they should be creating those relationships. However, founders usually do get the best responses. So you can even do a tag team situation where you know, you have a assistant reach out to establish the meet cute, but then the founder follows the writer on LinkedIn. So just your company becomes really heavy, heavily on their radar. There's a variety of ways you can work it, but it, it's kind of case by case. Well, that's, that's a great insight, you guys. That's absolutely, it, you just got a taste of what is working with Lexi. She's so hands-on. I love working with her for that reason. So let's give the audience an idea of what is working with you because it's such a unique process. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I've coined the, I, I have not coined this, backtrack that. I, some brilliant other person coined the term done with you and now I use it. So I say I do it with you until you can DIY. So my programs are all very one-on-one, -on -one, very hands-on. As you can tell, a lot of things are case by case. I don't believe in a one-size-fits-all approach to PR. So that's why I do have one-on-one -on -one programs. That's why I want to talk about, you know, Lara and her team and what's going to work for her for PR because what works for you probably won't work for, you know, my client, my client over here, her business is to you guys. Her it's like I found my match in PR. It's like, she thinks exactly <laughs> the same as us in marketing, but in PR, like we call it, Don't we call it, it boutique. You call it, you call it one-on-one -on -one and I love it. Uh, it. It's, it was a great fit just to found Lexi and it, this is an amazing a learning experience. Uh, I want to ask you one more question, and because I know we put so much information right now, and I, of course we're going to put all these in the chapter notes and all the information about the PR bar. And I w want to know what happens uh, if someone wants to reach out to PR about an event and how you can create some buzz? How do you reach out to influencers to just to get them to come to you? How can you create that buzz, that information, that fast thing? 
Yes. So I'll give you a couple tips because once again, it it will depend, but um, depending on your industry and your niche, it's not a bad idea to have some form of an official press release if you are doing an event. However, you don't just write a press release. You then have to pitch that press release. And it's really, really important that you think of a quality over quantity approach with PR so that you are individually reaching out to each outlet, to each influencer, telling them why you want them to either come or why it would be relevant for their outlet to cover that event. Now, here is a press release if you want more official information, but that pitch should be really tailored to that individual person so they feel like they are being invited. Successful PR is really, these days, it's different. 10 years ago, it looked different. Now it really is a custom tailored, kind of takes a little bit longer style approach. People want to know that you've done your research and that you're reaching out to them. They're not just one of 500 you know, check marks on your list, even if they are, you know, you don't want them to feel that way. So to summarize that press release and custom pitch, I promise. So do you think that journalists read (laughs) absolutely every email they receive? Oh goodness. No, no, no. So absolutely not everything in the title. Title is Yeah, it's the most, well, that's what you have to get it open. And then we go from there. So yes, the most important thing first is the subject line. And you can install email tracking systems to figure out if people are opening your emails. In fact, I suggest my clients do that. because that'll help you understand if you have successful subject lines. Okay, well, guys, great advice. Lexi, thank you so much for being here. And as you see, PR and marketing are best friends. So If you're thinking about PR, please don't forget marketing because they do work together. They really need to go hand in hand. So thank you for being in Coffee Number 5 and I see you soon. It was so good to have you here today. See you next time. Catch you on the flip side. Ciao, ciao.